You're listening to Witch Wednesdays, your weekly podcast source for all things witchcraft in the modern world. A big thank you to Blessed Bee Magic for sponsoring this episode. You can find their jewelry at blessedbeemagic.com, and we will talk more about the pieces and using them within your urban witchy practice later in this episode, and I will also share a discount code with you. Welcome back to Witch Wednesdays. I'm Steph, and today you are listening to an episode on urban and tech witchcraft. They are technically two separate things, but I find that they really go together quite well, and when you find one, you usually find the other. Not always the case, but since they share so much in common, I figured it was best to combine them into this one episode. As you know, I live in Chicago. I am within the city limits. I have a Chicago address, so I am not out in the suburbs. I'm also not in the heart of downtown anymore, though I did spend quite a few years living downtown, but I still am very much in the city. And as you know, Chicago is absolutely packed with people and grows every day. So being in such a busy populated area can be very challenging for a witch because traditional methods of doing rituals outdoors go right out the window. And really being able to do any sort of witchcraft outside of the home sort of dwindles because there are so many people everywhere. Fortunately, Chicago does have quite a bit of green space, so it is possible to seek out uh, parks and little nature reserves, cemeteries. Sometimes you have to go a little bit further out from the city, but even within the city limits, there is still green space. Usually, you know, there is still quite a few people out and around, so not a lot of privacy to conduct rituals and things in public and do a lot of witchcraft outside. But I mean, are you a real witch if people aren't staring at you like you're a crazy person? Isn't that one of the rules? So today I just wanted to share a little bit about what I do being sort of stuck, quote unquote, in the urban environment, what other witches who are in similar you know, city settings can do um, to practice their witchcraft because so much of it, uh, especially what you see online, is very nature-based and green witchcraft-based, working with plants and being outside in nature and having all of this private space to do that. And witches who live in cities are looking at that like, I can't do any of those things. I'm not comfortable doing any of those things. I don't have the space to do any of those things. So that is what I wanted to talk about today and just clear up some of those misconceptions and give you some ideas of how how to work with your urban environment instead of against it. And then also included in that, I am going to end talking about the tech side of witchcraft. Urban witchcraft is one of those subsects that we talk about that is not a formally recognized religion or spiritual practice. It's just an amalgamation of all the practices used by witches who base their practice in an urban environment. So like we talk about kitchen witchcraft or green witchcraft or storm witchcraft. It's just a way to describe a sort of your practice and what you're doing rather than committing to a formal religion like Wicca. So urban witchcraft does have some overlap with tech magic, like I said, and can often involve a much deeper relationship with the genius loci, which means the spirit of a place. The practice of city witchcraft is a uniquely modern form of magic. 
because prior to this modern age, witches would either avoid cities or if they were in a larger city, they sort of relegated their practice to divination, puppet work, or anything else that was not dependent upon location. So nowadays, with the advent of technology, urban witchcraft has become a huge portion of the craft because over 60% of people in the United States live in a city, which means that there's more of us than ever that are practicing witchcraft in this urban environment. So I think the first sort of misconception that comes up is that people think that cities are kind of the exact opposite of witchcraft and that they can't work together because they are really too different in what they expect. But this is based on a false assumption that assumes that witchcraft is equal to nature, like the two are exactly the same thing. Many people feel that witches are nature worshippers, and there's plenty of nature worshippers within witchcraft, but it's not an inherent part of the craft as a whole. It does not have to be a part of the practice. There's no rules on that. It is very much an inherent part of Wicca, and I don't think that we can separate ourselves from nature, but it is not the exact same thing as witchcraft. Witchcraft is just the practice of magic, but the term is also used to describe some methods of, you know, occult or ritualized magic as well that have nothing to do with nature. And another assumption in that is that urban environments and modern, you know, human society is somehow opposite of nature. But that assumption isn't true either because humans are a part of nature. We are, at our core, animals. Even though we might be exceedingly smart and creative, we are still just animals who are able to build cities and social systems. But at the end of the day, we don't have to do anything to get back to nature, back in touch with nature, because we are nature. So it's one of the flaws in human thinking to see that we as humans are separate, like separate from each other, separate from nature. But that just isn't the case. We are all together on this planet and deeply ingrained as part of nature. Like I've mentioned before, you don't need anything to do witchcraft. The energy that you're harnessing when you do spells is not the power of the trees or the crystals or even the earth. We do draw on earth energy and grounding practices. But at the end of the day, the ability to do this magic is innate. It's not something that's outside of you. It is you. So it doesn't matter what environment you're in, what tools you're using, or who else is around or not around, you are the magic and you don't need anything but yourself. So all of that said, and now that you understand where I'm coming from in saying that there are misconceptions and we are part of nature and urban witchcraft is perfectly legitimate, how do you actually practice urban witchcraft? How can you actually incorporate that urban setting into your daily practice? So I have a list here of ideas in no particular order. So hopefully something on here speaks to you, whether or not you are in a city environment. I think these are interesting things to tap into just based on your location. It doesn't have to be as urban as Chicago. I just think that there are some things that are helpful on this list, no matter where you are. The first thing is to work with your home itself. So that is why I had the hearth witchcraft and house spirits episodes before this one to explain that because you can work with your home itself and any house spirits that may dwell inside because they do not all avoid cities. Like I mentioned in that episode, there are, your, your house itself has a spirit. I talked about naming your house and just working with the spirit of your house in general, appreciating it, all it does for you and providing shelter and everything else. 
and you can work with your home in that way. It doesn't have to be, you know, the four separate walls and having a roof. You can absolutely apply that same thing to your condo, your apartment, your townhouse, whatever sort of dwelling that you are in. That enclosed space there is your own, whether it is part of a bigger building with a lot of neighbors or not. So your home, even if it's just, you know, a studio apartment in New York is still your space. There is still a spirit within that space that you can work with. So no need to even go outside because you still have that dwelling to work with. You can also work with any of the spirits that are inside. Fae are said to prefer nature and avoid cities, but that is not a blanket statement that can be applied to all Fae. A lot of them do feel that way, talked about Faye before numerous times on this podcast and they do love nature and fresh flowers. You're going to find them in forests and they appreciate the offerings of nature and when you respect nature and pick up trash. But another big part of Faye and Faye energy is that they love energy and cities have a ton of it. They love to tap into energy. It draws them in. So some will actively seek it out and they will enjoy the bustling city environment because there are more people, there are more things going on, and the Fae love to feed off of that. So yes, it's true that they don't love iron, and instead they prefer natural environments, but just like humans, we are all different, and you can't apply one blanket statement to all of the human species that's going to you know cover something that every single one of us likes it's just not going to happen and the fae are the exact same way so yes they might prefer nature you're going to find most of them there but it is by no means the only place that they like to hang out and there is definitely a group of them that enjoys the bustle of the city environment so you are not out of luck you can find them within you know the city spaces and you can invite them in if you want to work with one in your house, like I mentioned in that episode, you can invite them in and they understand that they are coming into a city environment and they might thrive on that. So that is not lost to you if you live in an urban environment. The second part of that, that also, you know, goes along with what your housing situation is within your urban environment is learning to amend your craft for a smaller space. This can definitely be vital depending on how urban your situation is because sometimes that means living in a teeny tiny space. We are lucky enough that we are outside of the you know major downtown area. I know that if you are downtown Chicago, downtown New York City, that it's it's teeny tiny your space to call your own um, that you're living in. And you know if you go out a little bit more you have more room. But still what we have here in our house and the space that we have here is still less than, you know, what my mom has who lives out in the suburbs. Um, and what, you know, you see that other witches might have who live way closer to nature and dwell near a forest, their spaces are usually a lot bigger. So you understand that in a smaller environment, you do not have room for a giant cauldron or a giant besom, a dedicated working altar space, a huge collection of ritual items that you just own and keep on hand. You don't need to have any of those things. But if you would like to, you really have to learn to make do with the space and the tools that you already have. So using vertical space or 
you know, already existing space that would otherwise be unusable, like creating altars on shelves or maybe just as wall hangings. You can use your windowsills, closet shelves. If you're lucky, you might have a balcony. It's just really important to scale down, especially if you find those things important and you want to maybe you know, grow some herbs and you don't have a garden, but you could grow some on your windowsill. You don't need herbs. You don't have to grow herbs. But if that's something that's calling to you and is a big part of what you feel like you want your witchcraft practice to be, then scaling that down can be really helpful without feeling like you're missing out. I also recommend scaling down the elements and the celestial bodies. So what I mean by that is scaling down the elements. Not all of us live near a ocean or I'm lucky enough to live right by Lake Michigan, but not a lot of people have that option either. So if you don't have access to these big bodies of water, just get a water fountain. That that works. Um, you can't have the outdoor space to have a fire pit and light a big bonfire. So just do a candle or get a tiny cauldron and do a fire in there. And as far as working with the celestial bodies, if you are in an urban environment, I highly recommend getting a star projector. I love my star projector. I am literally like a 12-year-old child decorating their room for the first time. I love the star projector. I will link the one that I got off of Amazon and it just, it's not, I think you can find ones that are accurate. The one that I have is not accurate. It's not like, you know, the actual constellations, but it's just stars, stars on my ceiling in different colors. It's, it's so pretty. I'm obsessed with it. Uh, so I will link that, but yeah, they have star projectors. So you can absolutely work with, you know, celestial energy and, um, using that in general, you can use the apps on your phone to see what the actual stars should look like and where they are up over your head. Because when you are in a city environment, you can't see them. I can see maybe three of the brightest stars at any given time. You cannot see anything. Um, there is just so much light pollution that it's impossible. So highly recommend checking that out. And I also recommend getting a sun lamp. So sun lamps can be really useful just depending where you are in the country, how north you are, because you might not get as much sunlight as some other places that are closer to the equator. So a lot of people will use sun lamps, especially if they are in an area where they have a lot of darkness and a lot of hours where they need to be up and working and getting things done, but the sun is nowhere to be found. They will wake up with sun lamps instead just to get that solar energy in there. And even if you are not in a place where it, you have, you know, 18 hours of darkness, it still can be useful to have a sun lamp in an urban environment because you are generally cut off from a few of the directions. So it's entirely possible that you have a north or south facing window on your apartment and you therefore have no access to the rising or setting sun. And that can absolutely make a difference on your mood. If that is a particular part of your witchcraft and you feel like you want to connect to sun energy and you just can't with the physical limitations of your apartment, getting a sun lamp and tapping into it that way can be a really great alternative. The next thing on the list to go along with that idea of astrology and you know putting fake stars in your apartment setting, you can also use the other parts of nature. So when we think about urban setting, we're like, oh, we don't have access to nature. What we're really saying is we don't have access to that forest and that luscious green space. But forests do not exist in a vacuum. It is not, you know, forest is the only part of nature versus everything else that is not, is just urban. There is still a ton of nature around you, even if you are surrounded by buildings. So 
stars are one thing that no matter where you are, they are up over your head. You might not be able to see them as much in the urban environment, like I said, but you can use one of those stargazing apps. And just because you can't see it doesn't mean that it's not there. Doesn't mean that it's not giving you the energy. The moon likewise works everywhere. It is still up over your head, no matter where you are, no matter if you can see that clearly from your windows or your backyard, it really doesn't matter. It is still there. The energy is still there. It doesn't matter if it's cloudy outside or there's some sort of storm or rain that you can't see the moon at all. It doesn't matter. It's still there. The energy is still there. So you can still work with the lunar cycle, with the planetary energy, with the star energy, if that is what calls to you in your practice. And like I just said, even if it's you know cloudy and raining, that is nature. That is storm energy, and we still have weather even in cities. So you can absolutely connect to the weather as well and connect to the different seasons. Like I said, it's not a vacuum. It doesn't just go away because you are in a high-rise. It still exists. It is still all around you. Just because it's not as visible as a luscious forest doesn't mean it went away altogether. Another important thing to remember about urban witchcraft is to turn your everyday items into magical items. When you are on that, you know, limited space and scaling things down, don't forget that you can use something you already own and something that you use regularly and do some magic with that. Your regular crock pot or pots and pans that you have on the stove can be your cauldron. You can use pens and pencils that you already have to craft your sigils. You can charm the jewelry that you already wear every single day. You can cast the glamour magic on your makeup and your skincare. already had a whole episode about that. You can use your commuting time to listen on your headphones to meditation or to witchy music. So there's probably a lot that you already have in your possession and regularly use in your smaller setting that you can just turn around and make it witchy and magical without having to go out and stock up on all of these ritual supplies that you just don't have room for. I want to take a minute here to chat about that jewelry idea and to thank today's sponsor, Blessed Be Magic. Because yes, not only is it a great idea to use what you already have to enchant your jewelry, any kind of jewelry, but it can also be that sort of space-saving method in smaller apartments when your jewelry can pull double duty. And this jewelry line contains necklaces, rings, and bracelets that have discrete witchcraft symbols on them, like the pentacle, the triple goddess, or the evil eye, as well as crystals. So they serve as beautiful reminders of your magic, but can also be used in spell work or on your altar, so you're not buying and storing multiple items. I love the pieces that I have. They're really well-made and comfortable to wear, but then I'm also able to take the Triquetra charm off the necklace and use it in a charm bag or on a spell bottle when I need a symbol of protection or the threefold nature of existence. So if you would also like to check them out, Blessed Me Magic has over 700 five-star reviews, and you can use the code WW15 for 15% off all full-priced talisman jewelry. And I will have that direct link to blessedbemagic.com with the K at the end of magic in the show notes so you can find it easily and see which items I picked. And be sure to work with what you do find in your environment. We don't always think about picking things up in a city but it can actually still be a treasure trove of stuff to find. We do think about picking things up when we're out in nature looking for flowers and twigs and going foraging for whatever we can find out there, but people 
think about that a lot less when they're in an urban environment. But you can still keep an eye out for weeds. They are everywhere. There are still flowers. There are still feathers. Birds are everywhere. People leave things in cities all the time, different jars and anything that's abandoned. There is a lot to find and a lot of places that will give you all kinds of stuff for free or almost free, like leftover boxes and wine crates and things from your local liquor store. They always often have thrift sales at the local library, so you can pick up books that way. And because you're in such a big environment, you can use you know, Facebook Marketplace or FreeCycle, different apps to find things that people are trying to get rid of for free. And you have so many more people right there at your fingertips that are offering things just because you live in that bigger environment. You can also specifically use your magic for your urban setting. So we always think about the spells and things that you can cast that have to do with nature and self, but you can actually use that magic for your advantage for living in a city. For example, you can use protections and glamour magic to make more space around you in crowded places, or you can charm your car to avoid accidents, to avoid traffic, to be less noticeable for getting parking tickets. You can use that protective magic to keep yourself protected on your commute from people bothering you or from trying to pick your pockets. We talk about travel and protection when it comes to, you know, vacations and your car, but you can also apply any of those things to public transit or your shoes or your bike. So don't feel like you are limited because you don't have these bigger things that which that have more space are talking about. All of those things can be adapted to work with the city environment. And along with that, while you are adapting your magic to make it work for your daily situations, think about adapting how you use energy and use the energies that are you know most present in your city. So some have heavy electric grids, some have heavy subways. We do have the subway system here in Chicago, but I think New York is much more detailed than ours is. You might have, you know, an industrial sector, meatpacking district, we have that here. You might have a busy nightlife sector. There are all of these things that various cities are known for, and each of these carry their own energy, highly potent energy at that, and that can be transformed into magic with a little practice. So it is not just, you know, the elements, it's not just the earth and grounding that you can pull energy from. With a little practice, you can pull energy from those electrical goods and from that subway system and from those people rushing back and forth in front of the courthouse. There's a lot of powerful energy to be drawn from there to harness for yourself so you don't deplete your own magical energy. You can also work with the local land spirits. So in the same way that you have these unique, powerful energies within your city, you also have unique local land spirits. In rural environments, the genus loci are the spirits of the land, like a particular mountain, lake, or local landmark. But cities also have this genus loci. They can be pretty different, but that doesn't mean that they don't still have plenty to offer to you. So your city likely has its own innate spirit, like a personality. So you can absolutely tap into that spirit and it can help you find sources of energy and teach you more about the place that you live. So it can give you more insight into the kind of magic available to you there. So it is a spirit that you can speak to and leave them offerings and make petitions just as you would any other spirit. And speaking of 
tapping into spirits, it's not just the local land spirit. You can also tap into the spirits of the unique city perks that you have. So one of the, you know, big perks of the city is all of the things that you get to access, like historical locations and museums. There are so many here in Chicago, and each one of them has their own spirit, has a ton of history. So they are very magical places just because of all of their historical items that they have. There are a ton of historical locations here too, and each of those locations has their own spirit and energy, just so much to learn that will help you learn about the land and learn about the land spirits and tap into those buildings and places as well. Another perk of city living, of course, is the library. Uh, people always tell me on Instagram when I post my book stack that they are so jealous of all of the options that I can get from my local library because in their smaller cities, they just don't have access to all of the witchcraft books that the Chicago library carries and they carry a ton. I think I have checked out, you know, probably a hundred of them, but there are hundreds still to go. So that is very exciting. That's a huge perk of city living. And when you can, make sure that you actually get into the library itself because it's a very wrestle space, definitely has its own spirit, and you can learn so much there. You can also even rent rooms. So not all of them are, you know, as private, but in certain libraries here in Chicago, they are, you know, completely sealed off and you can lock them and that room is yours for an hour. So if you don't have space that you can perform a ritual, you know, can't light anything on fire in there, but if you need some sacred space to set up your sigils and to meditate for a little while, those rooms can be really great for that and really private and quiet. And don't forget the other perk of city living is being able to find like-minded witches in person. So it's a lot easier to find a coven. It's a lot easier to find occult stores. It's a lot easier to take courses in person and just gather witchy friends around you that believe in the same things or at least can offer their insights into how they practice in an urban environment and it can just be nice to have friends who understand you and you can talk you know witchcraft with one of the other ways to work urban witchcraft is to seek out the hum instead of the quiet so when green witches go out into nature what they are seeking is the quiet and the sounds of the nature and forest sounds but the city obviously has a very different sound and it's a hum. It's all the cumulative sounds of that place. So it's cars and conversations. There's still bird sounds, uh, dripping water. It's all kinds of this auditory information all melded together. So it is a noise and spiritual energy that you are trying to notice and tap into rather than trying to notice the quiet. So if you are particularly feeling out of alignment in an urban environment, Connecting to that hum is a great way to find a sense of home. And that hum is also raw energy and can help you connect to that genus loci of your city. And then, of course, the last thing is to tap into the magic of mechanical and electrical items in your city. So I already mentioned that by tapping into the electrical grid or tapping into the subways and all of those powerful energies. So coming back around to that and then getting over into the tech witchcraft side. So there are some, you know, traditionalists who are very nature-based that sort of scoff at tech magic, but tech is now a part of human existence in this day and age. You cannot escape it. So regardless of whether you believe it's inherently magical or not, it is still full of human thought, emotion, drive, will. Humans created that and put everything into that technology. 
So tapping into the mechanical and electrical things within your own city is just one part of tech witchcraft. So I'm going to switch gears and move over to that tech witch side. So this is also called techno-paganism. And tech witchcraft can be defined as the use of modern technology within magical rituals and other forms of witchcraft. It is really about accepting that the world is changing and has changed quite rapidly and placing technology sort of at the heart of your practice and your spirituality. So some might see that as strongly opposed to environmental, traditional values of witchcraft, but like I said, a lot of people, especially urban witches, do not see those things as two separate opposites, but rather that technology is still a part of nature and there is power in using that technology for good within your witchcraft practice. If you follow me over on YouTube, which I hope you do, please come and subscribe. I have already shown there, I think two Fridays ago, what the witchy tech on my phone looks like because there are so many witchy apps uh, that you can use. I can't possibly go over all of them because um, it really depends on what sort of interface that you like best and what you know is, is most compatible for you. And then of course, depending on what type of phone that you have, I have an iPhone. So that is you know, what works for me. I, those are the apps that I know. I'm sure they're different on Android. So there are many different options, I'm going to just give you categories of some apps that you can have on your phone. And it's a very tech witch thing to do because you are using that to all across your witchcraft practice and accepting that sort of technology into your life rather than only relying on nature. The first uh, app that you might want to get is something related to the moon cycle. Like I said, even in an urban environment, the moon is still there. It is always there, whether you see it or not its energies are always working. So it can be really great to have an app on your phone to help you know and remember what phase the moon is in. You can also get an astrology app. I have the Sanctuary. You can also do CoStar. There are quite a few. And that will have your birth chart and horoscope. And it sort of tells you, you know, where the stars are. And along with that, I do recommend a specific star app. I have the night sky, which I love. And you just point that up at the sky and it tells you where everything is, whether you can see those stars or not. You can also have your tarot cards directly on your phone. I have Labyrinthos for tarot and it has a deck on there. You can do daily pulls in various spreads and get all your tarot information that way so you don't have to have a physical tarot deck if you don't want one or don't have the space for it that can be kept completely on your phone and you are able to save your spreads so you can go back and look at what happened and then along with that you can also completely keep your grimoire book of shadows on your phone so there are apps i haven't found one that i actually like for that but using Notion or Google Drive or anything where you can just save what you're writing, even just the notes app on your phone, that works too. So if you don't want to commit everything to pen and paper, you absolutely can just do that on your phone instead. If you do want to connect with nature and can't do that in a city environment, then getting an app with nature sounds on your phone is also a great option. There are a lot of apps for meditation that will help guide you through meditation, and a lot of those do include nature sounds. So even if you are in the heart of the city, you can still have those nature sounds. In general, I highly recommend cleansing, 
busing your devices whenever you first acquire them and every so often because you are consuming so much information through that phone. So I do mean absolutely mundane physical cleaning of your phone. Phones are gross. They are so dirty. Um, so the physical mundane cleaning of that, but also energetically cleaning it and setting your intentions for it so that it's protected, your phone is protected, your mind is protected from everything that you are consuming. You can create a sigil and hide that within your phone so you can write it down on a piece of paper and stick that between your phone and the phone case so nobody is going to know that it's in there. You can also create your sigils on a website, uh, sigilengine.com. I will have that linked so you know what it is. And that will make the sigil for you. And then you can print that out. You can also transfer that and hide it in another picture. So then that picture can be the background of your phone. Nobody else will see that that sigil is in there because it's hidden within the pixels. So that's a fun thing. Um, Incoherency.co.uk, I will have that linked again so you can find that. But yes, you put your sigil into any sort of background picture that you want and it hides it in there. So then your phone is protected with whatever sigil that you put on there. You can, of course, use your phone and any black screen in general. So like a television, when it's turned off, this would work too. For scrying, that black sort of reflective surface is great for that. In addition to keeping your grimoire or book of shadows on your phone, you can also use your phone to read on various book apps, lots of ways to get witchy content uh, through your phone so you don't have to have the physical books or if you don't have access to the library quite as much as I do, then you can absolutely read those through your phone instead. Music is another great way to incorporate tech into your witchcraft through Spotify or whatever listening platform you use. You can make various witchy pagan playlists on there that will help you during your spell work or meditation or whatever it is you like to use the music for. You can also use your phone to create emoji spells. So you would do your spell work entirely through emojis and text messages. If you are interested in how that works, that will be up on Patreon in a couple of days to show you exactly how to craft that and how that works because it is almost National Emoji Day. So um, I timed that post to be ready for National Emoji Day. So if you are interested in emoji spells and working emoji spells on your phone, then stay tuned on Patreon for that content. You can also do your manifestations completely on your phone. So you, for a new moon, you would just open up your notes app and create a circle of emojis. And that can be an emoji related to your intention, or it could just be, you know, stars or crystal balls, whatever you like, and write your intention inside. So that you are setting your intention for the new moon in a very techno-pagan type of way. And of course, you are already a little bit techno-pagan by just listening to this podcast and any other witchy podcasts that you listen to, any YouTubers that you watch, interacting on Instagram, interacting on Discord, joining those communities to get in contact with other witches, just being able to consume the content and join those various communities when you can't join them in person is a very techno-pagan thing to do. So I think a lot of us are techno-witches without even realizing it. So that is everything that I had to share about urban witchcraft and techno-paganism. Like I said, I feel like they go hand in hand, but um, I think a lot of us use technology in our witchcraft more than we initially realize. 
just because it is so pervasive in our technology now, it's kind of hard to escape. So we might as well use it for good and use it for our benefit rather than to try to run away from it. So if you are part of that 60% of the U.S. who lives in a city, let me know. And if there's any other ways that you tap into your witchcraft in an urban environment that I did not include on this list, please let me know. Head over to Discord and join the discussion because I know that a lot of other witches are always looking for more ideas of how to work with the environment around them instead of trying to fight it. That is everything that I have for this week. I will see you next week. Need even more? Subscribe to Patreon and YouTube for exclusive bonus content. Order a themed witchcraft box every month through Witch Wednesdays on Etsy. Be sure to follow on Instagram at Witch Wednesdays Podcast. Find all these links and more at witchwednesdays.com.